Welcome back to Cart Overflow. I'm your host today, Gen Furukawa. And today we have the newly minted CEO of the Outloud Group, Brad Hoos. Brad. Hi, Gen. Congratulations, first of all. And thanks so much for joining on, the, on your newly minted title. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, you, have, you have a great podcast and excited to be part of the community here. Yeah, uh, fantastic. So today, well, first of all, the Outlaw Group is an influencer marketing agency. You have a specific specialty. You work with some really name brand, blue chip brands. Maybe you could give a quick overview of what you do at the Outlaw Group and what, what influencer marketing is as you interpret it. Sure. Well, let me start if it's okay with what influencer marketing is. Yeah. So we, we, we like to say influencer marketing is word of mouth at scale. And, and so when we unpack that, we think, wow, you know, the people that are closest to us make recommendations to us and we really trust those recommendations and listen to them. So when our, when our close friends will tell us about a new restaurant in town, we're, we're likely to go check out that restaurant. But if we hear the same recommendation from someone who we don't know on the subway or on the bus, we're unlikely to, to put any credibility behind that recommendation and therefore unlikely to, to take action based upon that. And influencer marketing is basically tapping into the trust that exists between a creator and their audience. And these creators have thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of followers who've taken that step in a world of ad blockers where people hate being sold to. They've taken that step to actually click and say, I'm going to follow you and I want to hear your recommendations because for whatever reason, I, I look up to you and I trust what you're, what you're sharing. And so at, at the Out Loud Group, that, that's really what we do is we're a, we're a full service influencer marketing agency, which basically means we help brands to set their influencer strategy, to identify the right platforms to, in, to engage on, create media plans, run the campaigns, or as we like to say, herd the cats, because running influencer is an adventure. I'm sure we can get into that a little bit. And then the reporting and analytics are, are such an important piece of of strategy. And I think that's really where influencer has grown the most over the last couple of years. And it's also where influencer marketing needs to grow the most here, here going forward as, as, as well. So that's, that's kind of who we are and, and, and what we do at the out loud group. Yeah. And I think it's only going to increase in terms of being a, an important acquisition channel. And that's kind of in light of iOS 14, iOS 15, third-party cookies, the, and, and just this need of authenticity, as well as these platforms that are these burgeoning economies of creators, where it's kind of like a perfect conflux of things where, where I think DTC brands can look to influencers as a real growth strategy. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, the, the, the macro trends aren't good when it comes to being able to, to track consumers or, around the around the internet. So privacy laws are in place. And like, like you mentioned, you know, di different organizations and entities are making changes where it's where it's trickier to, to track folks around the around the internet. And and what's great about influencers, it's these pockets of curated audiences. That that exists already, and you know, the, one one of the trends. Not to get ahead of ourselves, but you know, when we start to think about influencer marketing going forward, is you kind of have these deeper and deeper niches or communities around like increasingly less mainstream topics, and you, certainly you'll you'll continue to have you know mainstream and massive mainstream avenues. But I, I think one of the things that's most interesting is being able to sort of nerd out in in different areas and, and communities 
where the internet has allowed these communities of, of people to to form and and exist and influencers allow you to sort of tap into those those communities because ultimately that's why brands are, are looking to be able to identify you as you track you around the internet is to be able to to market you in a way that's relevant to to the consumer so lots of changes to to your point happening in in the industry and i think influencer has been one of the 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 winners here over the course of the last uh, you know few years and, and certainly we, we're making a big bet that influencer will continue to be a, a strong part of the the mix going forward totally and you your portfolio of clients are some of the household direct-to-consumer brands, Athletic Greens. I'm totally blanking on the name. It's a subscription. No, brand. Bespoke Post, bespoke I suspect. Post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank you. And, and so you, you touched on strategy that that might be kind of like the starting point of where your value add as the Outlook Group is. Can you walk through what, what the framework is of how these brands approach an influencer channel as a strategy, kind of like as part of their holistic marketing strategy? You know, it's it's really interesting because influencer marketing is ultimately a full funnel marketing channel, but we get different brands who have different priorities. So we have brands that approach us and say, huh, linear TV is, is very different now than it used to be. The eyeballs are still certainly consuming content and, and con consuming TV. I'm not anti-TV, but I think we can all agree that they're, they're not as, as concentrated as they used to be. And the eyeballs are becoming more and more fragmented. And so these media buyers and these brand, you know, brand strategists are saying, hmm, we can't be on TV. Well, let's fish where the fish are. And people are seeing people consuming content. And when it comes to long form content, you know, good, good luck advertising on Netflix, people are going to YouTube. Right. And, and so these, these folks who have, you know, brand budgets and, and approaching things from a brand perspective are saying, what can we do on, on, on YouTube and, and of course other platforms as, as well. And, and then on the other hand, we have folks who are, are coming at things from a direct response or a performance or a growth marketing, pick, pick your term. And, and they say, wow, you know, in influencer marketing, we have this clickable link or we have a swipe up, or we have a sticker we can click on, whatever it is, this, this is trackable. And, and this is great. So let's optimize our paid social. Let's optimize you know, our, <clears throat> our programmatic buys. And this influencer stuff look, looks really good. Let, let, let's go after it. And, and so it's, it's, it's fascinating how many times a brand is, is approaching us and they're only able to look at influencer from one perspective or, or another. And so one of the things that we're always trying to work with, with brands on and sort of the, the ideal brand is someone who says, okay, we, we want to look at things that are going to be effective for us as an organization. And so we work to really crystallize what the objectives are of, of a campaign. And we're always encouraging brands say, okay, let, let's, let's, not, let's not look at what the, your organizational structure is set up to do. Let's look at the, the, the true value of, of what a marketing channel can contribute to your organization. So, for, you know, the first thing we're, we're always trying to do with, with brands is get clear on the objectives and, and really try to measure the channel as effective as possible, as opposed to try to shoehorn the channel into organizational um, metrics that have, have been established. And, and that's for, for, for bigger organizations, that's, that's not easy to, easy to do. There, there's a lot of momentum that, you know, kind of makes that difficult. And so, you know, certainly you can run successful campaigns through influencer marketing that are direct response and you can run successful you know, brand campaigns, but, but the gold standard in, in, in folks that are really effective at stepping on the gas and in, in influencer are ones that can sort of recognize that, that full funnel measurement. 
So, you know, clarifying objectives, it's, it, it sounds so straightforward and, and obvious on one hand, and, and it's very, very complicated to, to do on, on, on the other. So we, we, we shore up the, the objectives and then, you know, we really love to work with, with brands to, to help them understand, Hey, what's, what's your market? Where are you, where are you trying to go? And, and then at that stage, we can work to, you know, identify and, and create, you know, the, the right strategy and, you know, influencers evolved so much where yes, you can post to the influencers organic channel is what we'll call it. Right. So the, the audience that they've curated over time, those, those subscribers we talked about, but you can also use influencers for, for paid social as well. We call it influencer paid social, you know, TikTok calls it spark ads. Facebook used to call it whitelisting. They do not anymore. So we just generally call it influencer paid social, but there, there's so many different angles that you can, you can take. So kind of a long meandering answer to say like, Hey, it needs, you need to lock up what the, what the metrics are first, and then you can start to figure out what the, what the strategy might, might be. And, and there's a, a range of, of things that may make sense depending on, on, on the brand's goals and, and, and objectives. Yeah. I was looking at some of your work. One of the brands is care of, which I particularly love and have for a while. Cause you know, I'm working on a quiz platform care of has a, a quiz that feeds into their personalized product. And it's, it's awesome product wise that frankly, I, I don't know. I've never, never taken the product, but the quiz and how they gather the customer data is great, but I can see maybe from a surface level, the metrics that you are tracking videos produced the engagement and then the views. And I think maybe hinting at what you were talking about those views. So it's like, say 40 million views actually just become impressions and build on a remarketing list, which I think is really interesting because then, then you do have kind of like this seated top of funnel that you can then run your paid social, your paid ads, uh, and hopefully get an opt-in. And then there goes your marketing funnel from there where that you pass it on to the email team or, or the paid ads team. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, there, there's certainly value in those upper funnel metrics and, and I don't want to poo poo them too much when it comes to the, the views and, and the engagement, but, but at the same time that, that engagement, you know, th those engagement numbers can, can be a little bit of a fool's gold from, from my perspective. And so, you know, if, if, if you notice someone, you know, got, got a, got a haircut and Lord knows I need to need a haircut, but, it, but if you know someone who got a haircut, there's a difference between saying, Oh, I like your haircut and actually making an appointment to, to get your hair cut at that same stylist. And, and what I mean by that is a lot of times, you know, viewers of, of content are, are liking or commenting on a, on a post, but they're not actually taking action on what the sponsor of, of, of that post is or, or, or piece of content is, is doing. And so we, we love to look at, you know, engagement, you know, engagement rates based on how has the how has that creator historically done in terms of having their audience take the action of checking out a brand's website and then and then you know driving towards con conversion? So that's one of the things that an agency can you know br bring to the bring to the table is having historical data and really understanding of what we call true engagement at the at the Outloud Group to be able to help you know help understand who are the right creators to to work with because you know the, the being able, once you're directing someone to your to your brand's website it's much easier to understand hey what's the quality of that view are they staying longer are they visiting different pages and then conversion you know that that sort of takes care of itself or it's it's straightforward and one of the things that we found with a lot of our brand partners on the conversion side is that the lifetime value of someone coming in from influencer 
tends to be stronger than than what it is for their for their general average consumer because they're getting that trusted voice of a, of a customer and so they're almost in some ways that that consumer is almost already like a, a fan of the product before they're even a consumer of the of the product and, and so that that winds up creating you know a tremendous amount of value so yeah it get, it, again it gets complicated quickly but you know we we love to really look at the, the, the holistic long-term value of being able to drive people to the website, retarget them, see, see how they do on the website, and then ultimately, you know, can convert those users. Cause that's, that's the end goal of a branding or a direct response is you know, getting consumers to, to ultimately purchase your products just depends on what the time horizon for that is. Yeah. Uh, that's super interesting. So I imagine it's like a UTM parameter of, campaign type would be influencer and then maybe the medium would be, you know, influencer name or the source would be influencer name. But I, I think that's really interesting that of uh, lifetime value specific to uh, that channel, which I had not really thought about. But yeah, I was wondering if we could kind of talk about an example of how you would approach a campaign from the start. So you mentioned at a high yeah. level, it's like, all right, you got the strategy yeah. now. Now we've identified like the type of audience that we're trying to go after and maybe some of the influencers who, who are relevant, who have a niche audience around kind of like topics specific to the product. And that now the outreach might begin. Can you kind of lay it out how that works and, and strategies that you've found effective over the years? Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, first thing is, you know, a brand needs to be ready for influencer marketing and, and, and assuming they are, and so we've, we've, we've gone through that, that strategy, then, then it comes time to develop, a, you know, a, a media plan as, as marketers like to say it, but, you know, ultimately, Hey, who, who are the creators that are going to advocate for, for your brand? And, and one of the things that matters a tremendous amount is not something that's quantitative or going to show up on a spreadsheet, but you, you want to work with creators who are legitimately excited about, your, your product or brand. And so, you know, we, we always will give extra weight to, to creators that are reaching out proactively to the brand or who have already talked about the, the, the brand. And, and the, one of the, you know, the, the helpful things is we have, we have relationships with so many creators. So we're constantly in the ear of different creators hearing like, Hey, what, 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 what what's your ideal brand? What are the partnerships that you'd, you'd love to have? And, and those are great ways to be able to to see that. And then another tool that can be really great for, especially for earlier stage brands is to go through your brand database and then use some of the tools that exist to say, do I have any influencers that are already my, my customers? Because, you know, shockingly influencers are not, you know, just media agencies, they're people and they like different products. So if you can find influencers who are already part of your, your customer list and reach out to them, that's fantastic because you, you, you already know that they are using the, the product. And frankly, in the case where they didn't like your product, and this is a great opportunity to, to make it right and, and get feedback too. So we love to be able to you know, be as smart as possible in terms of identifying those, those creators. Um, and, and, and then we're, we're really looking at, you know, a few different dimensions to try to figure out who are the right creators. So, you know, we, we've, you know, we, we work with tens of thousands of creators have a huge, you know, CRM of creators. And we've got a team of folks who are always looking for new creators to, to add, to add to that. So we're, we're tapping into that. There's certainly a lot of platforms that you can use for, for creator identification that, that are really helpful for, for that. And, and, and then we're, we're layering in you know, what's, what's the right fit for the brand. So, so some of that's demographic information. And so we can easily filter creators based upon 
demographics and, and verticals, right? Do we want an outdoors creator? Do we want a beauty influencer? So th those are pretty easy. And, and then we want to, you know, also try our absolute best to sort of be able to, to filter by some of the next order demographics, like are you rural or are you suburban or are you urban as a, as a, you know, as a creator and the creator's audience. And then we're looking at, Hey, historical performance, particularly as it relates to, you know, efficient branding campaigns or efficient direct response campaigns. We put all that together and you've got, you've, you've now got, you know, that, that media plan that I was referring to. So it can be as complex or as simple as you, as you want it to be for earlier stage brands. I really think it's as simple as, Find creators who are using your product, find creators whose content you really like and, and, and find ways to, to start engaging with, with them. And then as you continue to, to grow, you can you know, grow your influencer program alongside it, but, but don't overcomplicate things early on is, is usually the advice I would, I would give to, to emerging brands in the influencer space. Yeah. I'm not familiar with influencer marketing at all or the tools I have heard of hashtag paid spark Toro, but I, I'd love to hear maybe if you have a, a suggestion or two, when you were saying, basically, as I understand it, you're taking your existing customer list or people who have purchased from you and kind of overlay that with what their social profiles are to find out the people who have purchased already, but have significant followings. Is there a, a tool that you use to make it easy or do you just kind of have to cherry pick from manually, like looking through the list? Yeah, you know there there are some automations that that you know we've we've developed that that allow us to sort of cross you know cross pollinate you know sort of like you know, I don't want to be too fancy here, but as a proprietary tool that we've we've developed, or you know we we certainly have lists of, of creators and we can look to map you know e email addresses. I, I do believe that that there's some services out there which I I don't know the the names of them off offhand. I would certainly share if I if I recalled those, but but I think that's a, that's a great starting point. And then you know as far as identifying influencers to be able to to sort kind of based on those basic uh, you know demographic and information. There's there's a lot of. Uh, platforms out there. I think there's over 300 platforms. We're, we're starting to see some some consolidation there. But I mean, if if you know listeners were to just Google influencer, you know, marketing, you know, platform or, or you know, sourcing influencers, you'll you'll see you know a, a number of of platforms that that are good uh, that that can help you to source. Some are more specific to you know Instagram or to TikTok, but but you know, there's different platforms out there to help you identify and, and sort by those different demographic areas. Got it. Okay. So you've built, I mean, that's, that's a huge value add is that, you know, which influencers will actually deliver, which ones are actually interested. Most might not, unless they work with the outlaw group or an agency, but where are you seeing that influencers will perform well and meet expectations or where they will fall short of them. And, and it turns out to be a lot of bluster and talk. Um, yeah. Curious to know, like uh, the wheat from the chaff, so to speak. Yeah, no, that's, that's the million dollar question. And I'll be the first one to say, Hey, we, we don't bat a thousand when it, when it comes to identifying those, those creators and anyone who says they've, they've figured that out is, is full of shit, to be honest with you. And that, that's not to say that you can't be, be generally correct. It's just to say that you can't be always cor correct. And, and there's some great technology that, that exists out there in terms of identifying and, 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 and matching, but, you know, we're, we're big believers in, 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 in the historical performance is the best indicator of, of future performance. 
And then the biggest thing that we find sets up brands for success is not quantitative. It's, it's not influencer selection. It's just a mindset. And as brand marketers, so often we are focused on our brand voice, right? Like we know the cadence of talk that resonates with consumers. We know the brand language. We know the colors. We know the word choice that is critical for us to connect with our customers. And brand voice is great, but influencer marketing ain't brand voice. It's brand advocacy. And, and so brands that are successful don't try to control the creative process with influencers. They let creators do their thing. And, and, and that sounds simple, but you know, when <laughs> I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with brands are like, no, no, no. Yeah, we get it. We want to do that. And then fast forward to when we have our first piece of content or two, people are like, I, I just don't think the lighting's very good, right? The, the lighting isn't enough or the creator doesn't sound excited enough about our, our product. And it's like, well, hang on a second. The way you interact with your nuclear family and the way you interact with your significant other's nuclear family are probably different. And if you were to try to be the same with your significant other's nuclear family as, as you are with yours, it would just be kind of weird, right? Like it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be wrong, right? You're, you're not, you're not saying crazy things, but it just kind of wouldn't jive and fit. And, and brands that are successful are ones that get that. And, and there's, there's actually an interesting, you know, uh, study that exists in terms of selling used cars. And, and what it shows is that individuals who show photos of dings and scratches of used cars, they actually get more money. For, for the used cars, because the buyer says, okay, I get it. Like no one's trying to pull something over on me. I feel like I'm, I'm seeing everything that, that I need. I have all the information that I need. And so when, when creators are, are advocating, I actually love it when a creator talks about something that they don't like about the product because, because nothing is, is black or white, right? Nothing is a hundred percent. And so when, when creators are themselves and, and they may actually, you know, poke a little bit of fun at the, at the brand or, or do something, you know, zany. We, we worked with one creator who, who wound up doing a, a four or five minute dollar shave club ad of something that was contracted for like 45 seconds. And he was, he was just making, making fun of it for, for four or five minutes. And he has a huge beard kind of like mine. That, that's, that's too big. And he's like, you know, m making fun of himself in terms of personal care. And he's like, clearly I'm not the right person to, yeah. to do this, but you know, if you use these products, I suppose you won't look like me and, and, and just kind of like ma made fun of it and did, it did really well, but it, it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, when, when brands are willing to let go a little bit, they can be so, so successful, but you know, you, you really do need to take a, take a backseat and recognize that the creators are the ones who, who know best how to, how to connect with their audience. And that mindset is, is the hardest thing to get brand marketers who are so smart and so sharp and care so much to, to kind of be willing to, to let go. But when you do let go, you know, good, good things can, good things can happen for sure. Yeah. The, the corollary in my mind is brands that will edit their customer reviews. And I think that there are studies that, that very similar to buying a used car, nobody necessarily trusts a product that has five stars because the, the, the brand might be editing and removing some negative reviews. And then the, so the, the 
brands that might have a 4.9 or 4.7, at least it's a, a little more candid shot of what the product looks like. And I think it, it's very similar to what you're talking about brands letting a, a little bit of uh, negative or, or the, the truth of the product come through from a creator's voice. Yeah, that, that, that's right. You know, people are smart. People are going to, people are going to find the truth, you know, maybe not right away, but over time they're, they're going to find the truth. And so the, the easier you can make it for people to, to find the truth, the, the better. And ultimately that's why, that's why I love influencer marketing is because at its core, it's, it's the truest form of, of marketing that, that exists. It's, it's people talking about their own experiences and, and things that they, they like. And, and ultimately I think that's, that's what we all aspire marketing to, to be is, people sharing things that they legitimately like. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm curious to know about the kind of the, the longevity and the sustainability, basically how the brand and creator relationship work where, because I imagine you, you mentioned a product, like you, you're talking about a Dollar Shave Club and a, a razor. Is that like, there's a set amount of time or frequency that this creator posts in order to kind of create it into a narrative over time? Or is it just one and done and then you got to keep on finding more influencers to fill the, the gaps going forward? Yeah, I think I think always we want to we want to strive for long term relationships between creators and, and brands. We, we sort of like talked earlier about the importance of those niche pockets and niche communities on the Internet. And, and we want to get to a spot where it's like, no, like th this brand is 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 part of us. And there's not even a, a second thought around that. You know, we've, we've done a ton of work to, together with, with Grubhub and, and the gaming community to try to make that gaming community, you know, just think, Hey, Grubhub, that's, that's the food delivery service for, for, for us. And, and I think that's, that's really, you know, an important thing to, to get to. But the question is, how do you get to that long-term relationship? Because if you're a brand, you, you know, I, I don't know many brands that are super excited about writing a big check for for a new for a new marketing channel. It's like, no, let's let's test this out first. You know, uh, what what brand isn't a, a test first culture? I think most all brands are. And so, generally speaking, the way we're working with with brands and, and creators is we're going to go a little bit wider at, uh, up front and try to see where there's where there's some signal. And when we see signals within pockets of, of creators that's when we're going to want to double, triple, quadruple down on those creators and, 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 and ink those, those long-term deals. Because I think of influencer marketing like a venture capital portfolio, you know, and, and, and VCs, they don't really care about the, the singles or, or, or the doubles. They're really looking for those, those home runs. But if you have you know, investment in 10 different companies, you're, you're, you know, you're not going to plan on having more than one or two you know, home runs. And so with creators, you know, we're, we're looking to identify, Hey, if we're running 10, who are the, the two, three, four, five, maybe five creators who we're really excited about. And we want to, we want to double down. And then to your question around what's the right frequency, you know, that that's something that's, there's, there's a lot of testing and learning associated with that because there is no data that talks about the exact match between a specific creator and that and that specific brand to, to know how to bring those together, but you know rules of thumb is we're gonna we're gonna start out you know, with with a single piece of content or maybe two or three pieces of content depending on the platform. You know if it's shorter form, you know a video like TikTok or 
or, or reels or, or shorts, we're, we're going to you know, probably do multiple pieces of content. And, and then we're going to move towards looking at things on a, on a quarterly, bi-monthly, monthly basis. And generally speaking, you know, we wouldn't go more frequently than, than monthly, maybe, you know, around Black Friday or the holidays, something along those lines, maybe there's uh, a particular campaign where you want to do more. But, but mostly when we're talking about influencer marketing, it's we're talking about as an evergreen always on campaign, similar to, you know, paid social or similar to, you know, SEM. So, so that's kind of how we would typically approach it. It's, we want to get to the long-term relationship in an ideal world. We're getting to where the creator is even part of the product, you know, KiwiCo and Mark Rober fairly recently did a Mark Rober crate. You know, we, we'd love to be able to see that next level partnership between creators and, and brands. But, but, but I think to do that, with confidence, uh, it really is, is something that's done over time once that relationship is established be- between the brand and the creator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. And also, what I didn't mention earlier is that you are a brand in terms of Musk Ox, and, and so you founded it. So it's a, a men's outdoor clothing brand, right? Uh, that's right. A few years ago. Yeah, I'd love to hear more about that. What, what drove you to, to create that and then how that interplays with your work at Outlaw Group and influencer marketing? Yeah. So, you know, at, at Out Loud, you know, we, we help brands and, and creators come, come together. And, and ultimately, these, these brands are, are doing well based upon the, the creator's advocacy. And they're paying the creators in a, in a, fair, in a fair manner, cer- certainly. But ultimately, you know, brands are, brands are growing, brands are, are, are profiting in the long term based on the creator's advocacy. And so to, to be honest, we, we had a deal fall, fall through and, and deals don't fall through sort of in a drop of a hat. It kind of happens over, you know, weeks and in this case, a couple, a couple of months. And so as this deal was sort of teetering on again and off again, but, but between a, you know, a, a clothing company and, and, and a couple of creators, I thought, you know, I don't know that we need this, this, this clothing company to, to be able to, to make this happen. And so we, we'd sort of brainstormed a, a bit and we said, you know, we think this is actually something that, that could be really effective. And so in the creator economy, macro trend, we're seeing creators be the brand more and more frequently. And as an influencer agency, we said, let's do a proof of concept to be able to create a brand together with, with an influencer where the influencer can be the sales and marketing engine and, and we can sort of run, run the company and, 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 and make things happen behind the scenes. And so that was sort of the genesis of, of Muskox when, when, when we launched the, the company. And it's, it's been a, it's been a you know, fantastically fun ride. And, and something that we weren't smart enough to forecast at the beginning was that it's actually a great sandbox for us to continue to test and learn a whole bunch of different crazy things that are going to be beneficial to the out loud groups clients as, as a whole, because as an influencer agency, I mean, we, we are the, the thought leaders and the partners for, for progressive brands in a space that is changing really, really fast. So it's, it's a lot of effort for us to, to stay on top of the, the trends and the, and the changes. We love it. It's, it's a ton of fun. And Muskox has allowed us to sort of stay on top of, uh, stay on top of things as, as part of it. So it's, it's been a great test engine, you know, for, for, for us, uh, you know, over the, over the years now. It kind of reminds me of you're like Kim Kardashian and, and skims. Sarah Blakely had worked on like body compressions for 
two decades or something. I, I think they're recently valued at like 1.2 billion uh, skims, maybe like a few years in, maybe five years already, like maybe three, four, five billion, a multiple of what Sarah Blakely has built over years. And a lot of that comes from the influencer market. I mean, there's nobody in the world, I think, who has that that cachet of influencer or influence as a Kardashian, but distribution has directly correlated to a rapid rise to a multi-billion dollar company. Yeah, no, there's, there's no doubt about it. And I think we're going to continue to see that more and more. And, and this is kind of a cheesy comment, but you know, we've sort of moved away from YouTube famous to just being famous, right? At, at this point. And, and, and that, that applies to so many, you know, di- different creators out there, but you know, these, these individuals who have huge clout and, and some of them have more reach than clout, but in, in, in any scenario, you, you know, you're, you're going to get eyeballs and you're going to get ears that are, that are listening and viewing what, what they have to say. And, and that's, that's pretty powerful in a world where we've moved away from, you know, the big TV, you know, c- companies holding all those, all those eyeballs to being fra- you know, more fragmented, more niche in terms of where, where people, uh, more people live. So it's, it's, it's fun to be a part of that. It, it's fun to help creators, you know, continue to, um, evolve how they're, how they're seeing the, the, the world and, and to help brands be, you know, be smart and, and progressive in terms of how they're, they're approaching their, their marketing and, and advertising budgets. Yeah. So you are at the forefront with Outloud and uh, Muskox. You're working with all these brands and creators and things are changing fast, whether it's platforms or technology changes, you're, you're being on the precipice. Can you just lay out maybe what some of the trends that brands can prepare for or where the market is going with influencers because yeah it's it's so rapidly changing it, it is changing so much and I, I you know I, I think there's a lot of change and I'll get into a couple of those in, in just a minute but but also I think you know we, we we can overcomplicate things at times too and it's important to know hey influencer marketing's actually been around for for decades you know you know, gr- grandparents or had heard on the radio, you know, this is Bob from WXYZ. I was, had a great burger last night at the Village Grill. Why don't you head into Village Grill and, and tell them Bob sent you. I, I had the bacon burger with extra cheese and it was fantastic. So again, let, let them know that Bob sent you and enjoy that burger at the Village Grill. But I mean, that, that stuff's been around for a long time. And, and so we know third-party advocacy really matters. And, and we're not smart enough to say, well, in, in two years, TikTok's going to be number one. Well, you know, there was a time where people thought Vine was going to be, you know, it was, was going to be, be huge and it, it's, you know, uh, gone up and it's, it's gone down. Clubhouse is, you know, was, it was, was, you know, all the rage a year ago at this time. And I, I don't really hear anyone talking about it anymore. And so you know, the, the platforms are going to change and it's, it's really about the, the fundamentals and you, you can learn the platforms and, and the technologies. And we do, and I don't want to minimize that. We spend a lot of time, energy and effort to make sure we, we can be, be on the, 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 the front edge of that. But ultimately like there, there's, there's going to be ways that you can digitally use third-party advocates to continue to be smart and to get the word out about your brand. But, you know, getting into the nuance of it, it is interesting. I'm seeing the convergence of influencer across almost all aspects of, of marketing. So certainly amongst paid social and UGC and, and really even programmatic buying. And, and here, here's what I mean by that is, you know, historically we've had paid social come from a, a brand and now 
that those paid ads can come from an influencer. Again, we, we call it influencer paid social. TikTok, we'll, we'll call it spark ads. You know, I, I believe Facebook's latest is, is boosted posts, but you know, I guess, excuse me, I think it's branded content. R- regardless, you know, the, the content is coming from an influencer and, and living on these social media platforms and you can put money behind it as a, as a brand. So now you have creators who are developing this content, they're pushing it out to their organic audience, but also you can push that out to, to quote unquote, the, the, the world. And similarly, you can use creators, big or small, to create user-generated content. So now you're, you're using an influencer, you know, which might be a lot less expensive than doing a photo shoot. And if you're an emerging brand, like, man, this, this is great. I can get pictures of my outdoor product in the, in the Himalayas and the Canadian you know, Rockies, this is really powerful. We could have never had the budget to, to do that. So, well, influencer marketing allows you to, to do that. And similarly, when you start to do influencer marketing and and push things out to, to different markets, well, on your, your paid programmatic, you can target specific channels and specific videos as, as, as well to try to continue to, to hit those, those eyes and, and ears. And, and oh, by the way, when you're doing the influencer paid social, you're creating audiences and lookalike audience of the creator's audience, and you can use those audiences for your brand paid social. And so influencer marketing is sort of touching all these different arenas in a, in a really exciting way. And oh, by the way, the number two search engine in the world is YouTube. And, and so when, when you're doing things to try to you know, optimize search, you know, influencers have a lot of credibility, not just with their audience, but with the different algorithms. So we're, we're seeing this convergence, which is really exciting to, to, to me in terms of, you know, m- making things, making things happen. And so I think we'll, we'll continue to see sort of the convergence of, of different areas and across the, the marketing mix. I think we'll continue to see the, the creator economy continue to, to build and, and grow where there's less separation between content creator and brand. I think there's, they're going to be more closely linked and, and, and those creators are going to have more equity in, in brands, even if they're not, you know, start starting them themselves. I think we'll continue to see, you know, influencer be both a paid and an organic channel, which, which is exciting. And, and, and I think we're going to continue to see, you know, the, the industry mature and, and, and become a little bit clearer and, and cleaner with respect to transparency of, 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 of rates. And, and I think that's a, that's an exciting thing. I know one of the things that, especially, you know, with the, with the algorithms, we're, we're seeing some, some pay discrepancies, which are, which are troubling when you're looking at it, you know, for, uh, across race. And, and we're excited to, to see that start to get brought to, to light and, and presumably, you know, it has to get fixed going forward. And, and I do think it will, progress will at least be, be made here in the, in, in the near future, at least you know, we're, we're optimistic of that. So there, there's a lot of questions, you know, about, about influencer in terms of platforms. And again, like I said, we're, I wouldn't feel comfortable making any projections around that, but, but we're excited about, you know, where, where influencer marketing is, is, is going and, and being able to continue to sort of converge, you know, across the different aspects mm-hmm. of, of, of the marketing strategy. Yeah. I totally agree that the, the fundamentals of, of human interaction, we, we trust others. So we look to that as a social signal and, and social proof. So that's that's like not going to change about influencer marketing. And then um, Webb Smith of 2PM has, a, has an interesting theory or, or thesis called linear commerce, basically where brands are becoming media brands and, and 
media brands need to commercialize and sell content or, or sell product. And so uh, maybe uh, Red Bull might be an example of uh, kind of like mm-hmm. media and, and commerce coming together. And I think you're kind of alluding to that as well, that there's, it's becoming easier. Everybody is becoming a creator and there's this, this like blurring line between creator and brand. Uh, Brad, this, is, this has been super interesting. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise and your insight and congratulations as new leader of the Outlaw Group. We'd love to learn more of where can where can we get in touch with you and learn more about what you're doing. Well, yeah, thank thank you so much. It's 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 been great to, to you know talk shop and, and chop it up a little bit here with you again. So yeah, you you can find us at outloudgroup.com. Um, by all means, feel free to shoot me an email. It's just Brad at, at outloudgroup.com. And uh, if there's anything we can do to to help you think through your strategy or, or approach to influencer, we're we're happy to do so. Fantastic. Brad, thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah.